All right, Isaiah chapter 30 will be in verses 15 through 19. Amen when everyone has it. And we'll get right to it. Amen. Everyone good? All right, Isaiah chapter 30, starting in verse 15. Now, of course, I finished with 15 last week, but I thought it was a good verse to just read again and start with it this week. So starting in verse 15, the scripture reads, For thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, In returning and rest shall ye be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength, and ye would not. But she said, No, for we will flee upon horses, therefore shall ye flee, and we will ride upon the swift, therefore shall they that pursue you be swift. One thousand shall flee at the rebuke of one, at the rebuke of five shall ye flee, till ye be left as a beacon upon the top of a mountain, and as an ensign on a hill." And therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you. And therefore will he be exalted that he may have mercy upon you. For the Lord is a God of judgment. Blessed are all they that wait for him. For the people shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem. Thou shalt weep no more. He will be very gracious unto thee. At the voice of, the, of thy cry, when he shall hear it, he will answer thee. Amen. We'll stop there and talk about it a little bit. So just, just four verses there this evening. But I'll tell you what, I love, I love how these verses go with where we left off last week. So remember, we had the case that God had made against Judah. Uh, remember, at this point in time in, in, in the history of, of Israel, they had a divided kingdoms. You had Judah and you had Israel. So you had them split apart. We had quite a bit of prophecy in Isaiah dealing with Israel, the other tribes. And then he shifted over. He's dealing with Judah. Um, Judah being who God had put in his word, considered more of his remnant, right? So they were considered more faithful than the other tribes. They had um, some particulars that had set them apart even more than the rest. And God was telling them... Uh, that you know, up until now, he's continuously told them that if they did the same thing the other the other kingdom was going to do, then they were going to have the same fate, right? They were going to have the same judgment. You know, God is a just God, and so the reality is, is He doesn't have a different standard of judgment for you tonight and for me tonight, right? So all of us are on the same playing field here. For us. In the current dispensation we live in, you are either saved or you're not. Those that die without Jesus Christ all have the same judgment. You have to be saved. If you're saved, you have the same benefit. The same Jesus that saved me is save anybody. Amen? Um, and so he doesn't turn any away. So here we have God has announced this woe on Judah. He's, he's, you know, he laid the case out. He's called them his rebellious children. Um, and remember, we kind of covered the reason for that, right? So they were seeking counsel from everywhere but him. Sound familiar? How many people are going to everything but God for the answers to life today, right? Same thing that they did. Um, also, 
they had the judgment that was given to them and God had told them what it was going to be. And even when that judgment was coming, they were running to try to get defenses from other nations as if those nations were going to help them win against God's judgment, which is really interesting, right? So um, God told them, if you do this, this, and this, it's called the Palestinian Covenant. I, we can, we'll go into that some other time. And if you do these things, your enemies are going to overtake you, and this is what's going to happen to you, and they're going to devour your land and all this stuff. And here they are running to all the other people for alliances to help them defeat the enemies that God told them you're not going to be able to defeat. Amen? Then that's what people do that too, right? So God has warned us in his word. There's certain things if we do this, 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 this can happen. And people try to work some roundabout way to, that they're going to fight against God. i tell you this, you'll never win a fight against God. He's God and he will win. Especially when you're dealing with fighting against what his word says, right? He's not going to change his word just to make it more comfortable for us. So here uh, we have the rebellious children of Judah. Um, and so we remember where we left off at. They had um, gone to false prophets and they wanted people to tell them what they wanted to hear. Does that sound familiar? Um, it's not the preacher's job to tell people what make, pat them on the back and make them feel better about things. It's, it's, it's what thus saith the Lord. You want to feel good about what the word says, obey the word and it'll be well with you in that regards. We can't change it just to make people happy. We serve to please God, not man. Um, so he had, they had people that they were going to, to tell them whatever. Um, then God had told them that, um, their that therefore he said in verse 13 therefore this iniquity shall be to you as a breach ready to fall swelling out in a high wall is breaking cometh suddenly at an instant so god told him the, the path you're on it's going to have consequences right um god tells us all the time hey if you're on the wrong path today it's going to lead you to consequences of some kind in life it just is it's going to hurt when you arrive to that place but then he told him this that it didn't have to be that way. Remember how we cover that? He said, it doesn't have to be that way. And that's verse 15. For thus saith the Lord, God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning in rest. Remember, return unto God. You're on the wrong path. Get off the wrong path. Turn back to God. Return unto God. If you return unto God and you will and, and have that rest, you'll rest in God. He says this, shall you be saved. Now, salvation for them at this point in time is a different He's talking about something differently than what salvation means for us in the current age that we're living in. So this, this in Isaiah is taking place before Christ came to earth, you know, did his earthly ministry, was crucified, resurrected and everything. So it's a different, he's literally talking about deliverance from the adverse consequences under their covenant for sinning against God, right? However, the spiritual principle of this can still apply to us today. They had a problem. God provided a solution. We have a problem today. It's called sin. God has provided the solution, Jesus Christ. So God's provided his people with a solution to their problem, and all they had to do is just return to him and rest in the fact that he is their God and that he desires their welfare. It's the same thing. God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son. He desired our welfare. And so he gave the solution for our sin problem. God desired a right relationship with Judah in this chapter. 
God desires a right relationship with us tonight if we accept Christ as Savior. So he provided the solution to the problem. Of course, we read here that they were, uh, they were being stubborn, weren't they? They were, <laughs> I'm a stubborn person, so I can relate. Amen. It took a lot to get me there too. So here, they were being stubborn. They were refusing. They even told God no. Don't tell God no. It never works out. It, he wins. I'm telling you, just, just submit. Um, but for Judah, he was telling them, turn back. Turn back from where? Turn back from Egypt. They had gone to Egypt to try to flee from Babylon. Amen. They knew what was coming. And they were running from the problem. You know what? People run from God today. Don't run from God. Turn to God. If Judah had turned back from Egypt, um, God was telling them, stop seeking assistance from those who are no help to you. Amen? I can tell you this tonight, 100% certainty. If you want to run from God, there's always an Egypt somewhere willing to give you false confidence and shelter. Amen? If you want to go away from God, there's somebody that will take you there. Amen? Jonah wanted to run from God. There was a boat ready to take him to Tarshish. Right? You want to get away from God? You know, God can stop it, but he's given us free will. He can get right in the way of it and say, no, I'm not going to let you get away from me. But he doesn't do that, does he? Because he's given us the free will to make our own decisions. And when we make the wrong one, it's always better when we turn back to God without the consequences. But when we don't, we find ourselves in those consequences and we think, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. You know the beautiful part of it, though? Soon as we arrive to that conclusion that we've gone the wrong direction, all we have to do is pray to God, help me, and he'll get us right back on track. I love that. And uh, that's the mercy and grace of our God. And that he touches on in this chapter, verse 18, and therefore will the Lord wait. The patience and long-suffering of God. Amen? Um. Christians, stop going to Egypt with your problems. We need to go to God. If you've already gone to Egypt with a problem, turn back to God because He's the one that's waiting to give you the help that you need to overcome whatever it is that you're facing. The Lord waits. What's He waiting to do? He's waiting to be gracious. We find this. And therefore will the Lord wait that He may be gracious unto you and therefore will He be exalted. His grace exalts Him. Amen? God's grace towards us does such a magnificent miracle work in our lives that it then exalts Him for the work that He did because without His grace, it could have never happened, right? So it's for His own exaltation, if you will, that He's gracious to us. And that's what it says here. That He may have mercy upon you. I'm thankful for the mercy of God tonight. So He, he waits to be gracious because He's long-suffering or patient. He's merciful, um, and by His grace, He is exalted. Um, here we find, uh, in verse 19, we'll go a little bit further here, um, that He may have mercy upon you, for the Lord is a God of judgment. Right? He's a just God. Blessed are all they that wait for Him. So we should be waiting on God. Verse 19, For the people shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem. Thou shalt weep no more. He will be very gracious unto thee. 
at the voice of the cry, when he shall hear it, he will answer thee. And so the Lord is waiting. He's being patient concerning Judah. He has a predetermined uh, place and position for Judah to be dwelling in Zion at Jerusalem. Amen. Um, God has already put it in order in his word through prophecy that his people Judah will, uh, they will, it is predetermined by God's will that they will dwell in Zion at Jerusalem. It's according to God's word. It's going to happen. It doesn't matter how many times Israel gets attacked, Jerusalem gets attacked. It doesn't, you know, they went through the 70 year captivity, uh, the, the rebellions over and over we have in recorded history of the Jews, uh, everything else that's happened. There's still going to be a time that's future that we're looking forward to now. The church is raptured, but there will be a time where that olive branch is regrafted right back in, and the people will enjoy the blessing of the covenant that God gave them. And God cannot change His Word. Uh, in verse 19, I also like this. It says that at the voice of the cry, when He shall hear it, He will answer thee. Amen? Um, For the people shall dwell in Zion and Jerusalem. Thou shalt weep no more. He will be very gracious unto thee. At the voice of thy cry, when He shall hear it, He will answer thee. There's two things I'm very thankful for in that statement. One, the Lord hears our cries. And two, He answers us when we cry out unto Him. Amen? That's the two things. So, let me, as we get ready to close out here, I know that seems like a fast lesson, but we're going to, get, we're going to bounce around the Bible a little bit. I want to give you a couple verses on that thought. Crying out to God, the fact that He hears our cry, and He answers us when we cry out unto Him. Uh, let's go to Psalms for a minute. If you ever need to cry out to God, you can pretty much land anywhere in Psalms and find some good guidance to help you cry out to God in a very biblical format as David did. But look at Psalm chapter 55. And you can always write these down as well. One of the titles to Psalm 55 is the plea of the fearful. Fearful. Or in somebody who has um, fearful circumstances around them. Of course, the entire chapter here. I mean, just how, give ear to my prayer, God. Hide not thyself from my supplication. Attend unto me and hear me. He's crying out to God in this. But we're only going to look at one verse here. Look at verse 16. As for me, I will call upon God. And the Lord shall save me. He will. If you call upon God, the Lord will hear you and he saves us. Amen. Um, even if we're in circumstances that are for some reason his will that seem adversarial towards us. And we feel like those circumstances are overcoming us. If it's his will for us to be in those circumstances... We may pray for those circumstances to be, um, to be done with. We may pray for God to deliver us from those circumstances. And He may not actually remove the circumstances from us, but He still saves us and He delivers us. He can deliver our anxieties, 
the negative impacts that it has, he can give us the grace and the strength spiritually to be able to make it through those circumstances, whatever they may be. Amen. That's still a, a form of deliverance. So as for me, I'll call upon God and the Lord shall save me. Um, but anytime, if you're living in the will of God and anytime those circumstances are coming against you, that it is not his will for you to, to, to have a negative impact on you. And you're praying to God, Lord, I need your deliverance from this. He will save you. Amen. He will deliver you from those things. I absolutely believe that. I drive a truck for a living. Believe me. I see things every day. I think, Lord, you just saved me right there. Every week I see things. Lord, that could have been bad. Thanks for looking out for me. Amen. Of course, I pray a lot in the truck because a lot of crazy things happen out there. Let me give you another example here. Psalms 86. I don't want to get sidetracked on talking about my job. Psalm 86, verse 7. Look at this one. It's good to know the promises of the scriptures. Psalm 86, verse 7 reads this In the day of my trouble, I will call upon thee, for thou wilt answer me. He will. He'll answer us. We're calling on him. And also, every single one of us will find ourselves in a day of trouble sooner or later. It's just the world we live in. Even Jesus said, in the world you'll have tribulation. But he told us not to fear. He told us not to get all depressed and everything about it. You know why? Because he told us that he has overcome the world. Jesus has already overcome the world. So call on him in your trouble. He'll answer you. I only got a couple more and we'll be done. Uh, let's go to Romans 10.13 for a second. Well, you probably know this one. You can turn there if you want. But what does it say? call upon whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, right? Yeah, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Of course, that's dealing with the eternal salvation. And that's a whosoever. And I like those whosoever's. Whosoever meaning it doesn't matter what you did. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter how bad you think you were. Doesn't matter, uh, I'm too far gone. God can't save me. No, nope, whosoever. You call on the name of the Lord. Lord, I know I've sinned. Lord, I don't even know why you would save me because I've sinned a lot. The Lord said, call on me. Amen. You call on the Lord in sincerity and truth. Lord, I've sinned and I just want the gift of eternal life that you've promised in your word. And guess what? He'll save you. Paul consented to the murder of Christians and he got saved and became an apostle. Mary Magdalene, how many demons did they, he cast out of her? I don't know what nine demons does inside of a, of, of a lady. You know what I'm saying? But I'm sure it wasn't pretty, but Jesus wasn't worried about all that. He did exactly what she needed. She got saved and she was his disciple. Doesn't matter. Call on the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. Cry out to God. That was the second one. You want, he hears our cry. We'll go back to Psalms. I like to go back and forth in the Bible a lot. I only got two more verses and I'll be done here. Psalm 18.6. 
Psalm chapter 18, verse 6. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him even into his ears. I love that one because it's a reminder that if you're crying out to God, he may seem like he's so far away. Not just geographical distance, but we can find ourselves at a place in life where it's like, I feel so far away from God. And just the feeling of distance between you and God can make you cry out to God. And guess what? Doesn't matter how far away you've gotten from God, He can still hear the cry. Amen? He can still hear it. Even in your distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God, and He heard my voice out of His temple. My cry came before Him, even into His ears. He hears the cries of His people. One more psalm here. Psalm chapter 27, which is one of my favorites. Look at verse 7. And it's okay to speak to God in such a manner as the Psalms do and ask God exactly what you need. Here he says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. He's asking for an answer. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. And our closing verse for this evening is is another one of my favorite verses. Jeremiah 33, verse 3. One of the first preachers I heard preached, preached out of this. And of course, the prophets dealing with Israel. But he said, do you know God's phone number? I said, God's phone number? He says, well, how many times have you done called somebody when you needed something? Well, how come we don't call upon the Lord when we need Something, you know, when God's the one that can actually meet our needs and people can't. Amen? And it stuck with me. And I still remember. Don't you love the sermons you've heard so long ago and they still stick with you today? And he says, no. We're calling on all the wrong people all of the time. And what we need to do is call upon the Lord. And Jeremiah 33.3 says this, Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. The very first thing to call upon the Lord for is that Romans 10.13. Call upon the Lord for salvation. Call upon the Lord for forgiveness of sin. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter where you've been. Doesn't matter. But call that is the very first call you need to make to God is the call for God to save you. For Jesus Christ to be your Savior. Believing that Jesus was crucified, that he was put in the tomb on the third day, rose again, and that that was the will of God in order for whosoever would believe that we would be forgiven of our sins by putting our trust in him. He did the work for us. That we could have an eternity in heaven with him. Call upon him. It's a promise. He'll answer you. When I asked to be saved, he answered me. Call upon him. He will answer. And I can't think of a greater or more mighty thing than eternal salvation. That's the most, that is the greatest and the most mighty work that can ever be done. But then he also says that he'll show us things which thou knowest not. When the Bible tells us, eye has not seen nor ear heard, those things which he has in store for them that love him. Something like that. It may not be 
Don't quote that KJV version. That's that's Pastor Brian version off the top of my head. Amen. But but it's true. Since we get saved, he just continues to do things on and throughout our life. It's like, how much more amazing can this get? Amen. It just and he's like, Oh, I, I haven't showed you anything yet. You have not even begun to see what God has in store for us. You know why? Because we're not even to glory yet. That's when it's really going to get good. Amen. So good lesson for tonight. Hope it was a blessing to you. Let's close out in prayer. Father, we thank you for the Bible study tonight. And thank you for the reminder, Lord, that uh, we know who to call on when we have any need, in any distress, in any trouble. Let us not neglect to call on the one who can actually save and deliver and strengthen and comfort in whatever circumstances that we face, Lord. And most of all, I'm thankful that not one sinner ever in the entire history of the universe, not one has ever called out to Jesus Christ for salvation and been turned away. Because that's not your will. It's whosoever will. Call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, I'm thankful for that promise tonight. I'm thankful that you answer your children when we pray to you. I'm thankful that you hear us when we cry unto you. I'm thankful that you're a God that cares. And that because we have a relationship with you, we're never alone no matter what we're facing. You're always there with us helping us each and every step that we take. God, we thank you for that tonight. I pray that that is everyone here tonight. I pray that that is their truth in their life, that they've accepted you as Savior, Lord. And I don't know the hearts of everyone here this evening, Lord, and uh, only you know the hearts. I can be talking to someone I've known for 20 years. I don't really know. They know and you know. Lord, I pray everyone here has accepted you as Savior. And if they haven't, God, I pray that they would take the time to do it. Do it right now. Jesus, save me. I believe in the gospel that I've heard preached, Lord. I want forgiveness for my sins and the promise of eternal life that's in your Bible. And I'm thankful tonight that anybody that prays that in sincerity and truth shall be saved just as you promised. Lord, we're thankful for your promises tonight. Thank you for midweek service. Even though we've gone a little bit long tonight, it's been fun being in the Word and letting the kids have their fun downstairs. Lord, it truly is a blessing to have our church family and our church home. We have an amazing church here in New Lexington. We thank you and pray that you give us many, many more years of blessings and fruitfulness here in our community, God. Only you can do that. Lord, I pray that everyone will be safe leaving here tonight, that we'll all have a great week, and that you'll bring us back this Lord's Day for an amazing worship service and Sunday school. And Lord, continue to remember those we've lifted up in prayer tonight in the meantime. Lord, we love you. We thank you for meeting with us this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.